Thanks for joining us at the Business Growth Cafe, where each week we select from a menu of topics for a focused discussion with an industry expert to provide insights that can impact your business's growth with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Hi, I'm Angelo Ponzi, your host here at the Business Growth Cafe, and thank you for stopping by. You screwed up. You made a bad decision. We've all done it. We're human, and it's inevitable that we'll make bad decisions. Now, these can be a wide range. It could be you as an employee, could be you as an individual with your family, or your spouse, or your girlfriend, your boyfriend. It doesn't really matter. We're going to make bad decisions. Now, the question is, what happens when we do? How do we approach these bad decisions to make them not feel so bad, if you will? What are we going to do about it? This is the topic of today, because inevitably we're going to make a bad decision and we need to know how to deal with it, whether you're an employee or frankly, whether you're the leader of the company, it's important that you deal with this. Now we could stick our head in the sand, you know, pretend it wasn't you, right? We could do the ostrich syndrome or we can embrace it. We can attack it head on and we can admit we made the mistake and address the outcome to make sure that we can rectify it going forward. Because ultimately, what's that saying? If you continually do the same thing over and over again is the definition of insanity. So when we have a mistake and we do something wrong, we need to own up, we need to admit it, and we have to figure out a way to rectify it going forward. Because number one, we don't wanna make that mistake again. And as human beings, this is how we learn. We make mistakes, right? When you were a baby trying to stand up for the first time and you fell and you maybe smacked something and you cried, you learned the next time that maybe you're not going to do that. And we as adults continue to learn. That's how we learn. When we do something stupid, we make that mistake, we make a bad decision, and we won't do that going forward. Now, I've made plenty of bad decisions. I made a lot of great decisions, but I have made some bad decisions. I'll even talk about a few of those in this show today. So those of you who are listening and saying to yourself, I've never made a bad decision. I've never made a mistake. I want you to email me. Tell me that you've never made a mistake. Let's get on the phone and talk about it. My gut is I will get no emails because if you've not made a mistake in life, you're leaving a very blessed life, but something's wrong, right? Because again, that's how we learn. So one of the questions to consider when you make a bad decision is the unintended consequences, right? There's always an unintended consequence of a decision that we make and the repercussions of that, that cause and effect kind of situation. Now, one of the stories I tell in in some of my presentations is of the television company Vizio. Now, if you think back a few years, uh, it was Avatar came out, it was 3D, people were excited, going to the movie theaters, really enjoying that. And Vizio and Panasonic and Sony all were making a rush to market to bring their 3D televisions to market. Now, after several years, uh, Vizio won. And I've told the story before, right? They won, I'm not sure what they won, right? So the, the early adopters started getting the televisions, really took off. And then eventually over the next couple of years, the market slowed. So why did it slow? Why did sales start to falter? And eventually, I think it was in five years, they were out of the market. It was one simple thing. We as consumers did not want to wear 
3D glasses all the time. Now, you think that makes sense, right? Do you want to wear 3D glasses around the house all the time or anytime you're watching television? No. Well, unfortunately, in the rush to market, they didn't do any research. They didn't have any conversations with consumers. And they just went on the idea that people were excited about 3D televisions. And eventually, they learned that people didn't want to do that. And one of the ironic things is, according to the, the, the case study that I had seen, it came up in a board meeting. That question was raised and ignored. So there was an unintended consequence of a simple question about the 3D glasses. Now, another example is I worked on a, 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 a overnight airline and we launched this new campaign and we realized after it launched that we just weren't getting any leads, things weren't happening. The phone wasn't ringing. Well, unfortunately, nobody ever actually bothered to dial the phone number before the campaign broke and the phone number had been disconnected. Somebody over in accounting saw a bunch of phone numbers that were not being used. And so they disconnected them to save the company money. In the meantime, those numbers were being picked up by the marketing department. And lo and behold, the phone didn't ring. This actually happened recently. Now that was several years ago. This just actually happened recently with another new client as I was reworking on their materials. I decided as I do now, because I learned that lesson, right? I learned from a mistake that we made a bad decision not to call the phone number. So I always call the phone numbers. So if you take nothing away from this, if you're putting phone numbers in your marketing, make sure somebody calls it and that it works properly. And if you're using like a call rail and you're doing tracking, make sure all that is functional. Because the last thing you want to do is spend a lot of money, a lot of time, launch a campaign, and a simple link or a simple phone number just isn't working. Another, you think about it, decision that was made an unintended consequence and, and a bad decision really that, that ultimately was the demise of this company was Blockbuster. Now, if you're old enough to have had the privilege of going to a Blockbuster and thumbing through all the VHSs and trying to figure out what movie you were going to watch with the other 50 people in the store at, at a given time, all trying to find that movie for Friday night. Well, Blockbuster had physical locations physical uh, videos. They had an opportunity to buy this up and coming company called Netflix. And they also had an opportunity, which I found, which I didn't know originally, but I found out to buy a company called Redbox. But they passed, they passed on those decisions because they didn't believe that people would want to get their videos in the mail. They'd want them when they wanted them. They'd come down to the store and nobody was going to wait. If you if you know Netflix before it was a streaming company you used to order it and get the DVDs in the mail. And their belief was nobody wanted to wait. And the rest is history. Uh, I'm sure if you're like me, you're spending 18 bucks a month uh, to have the family watching Netflix because you can't live without it now. And that was obviously a very bad decision. Unintended consequences. They probably didn't spend the time really thinking and doing their due diligence uh, of looking forward to think about how the market could possibly change. And that's one of the things we need to do whenever you're doing marketing or making business decisions. So you got to understand the market, understand the customers, you understand the decision that you're making and how it's going to impact the people that you're trying to impact. And then certainly the company. Now I know it's hard speaking from personal experience, 
to admit you made a mistake, whether it's in front of colleagues or your professional network or even your family and friends. It's very difficult to stand up and say, I screwed up, right? There's a lot of pressure, little anxiety maybe, right? We have to deal with something that's very uncomfortable. And I'm sure you've been there, regardless whether it was a personal or a business. Well, first, let's do a little self-reflection, right? Depending on the decisions that you made and what led you to make you do it. Did you not spend enough time researching? Let's go back to business. Did you not spend enough time researching the market to really understand what was going on, to look at the new product? Look at, was there a demand out there for the new product or even a new hire? We've all been in situations where we've either taken a job and decided that that was a huge mistake and sometimes we just stay real long and, and it has a impact on what we do. Or on the flip side, you're doing the hiring and ultimately you're thinking to yourself that that was a bad hire. They're just not doing the job. So years ago, I was launching a company focused on the action sports uh, market. And I made the decision after spending a lot of time with a, a major retail clothing, uh, major retailer that I could launch this new research company and focus on the teen market, surfing, skating, snowboarding. I was really excited to dig into that market. But where I was coming out of was nine years in the general teen market. Now, my thinking was I could do this broader study and then you know talk to a couple thousand kids and drill down into the surf skate market and I could get a much broader customer base. Now, I made that decision. I partnered up with a, with a company who actually uh, went in and paid for the first round but I had to pay for the second round and the third round. And ultimately the decision that I didn't really think through, why? Because I was coming off of nine years. I was listening to the leaders of the, of the action sports world saying, oh, I wish there was research like this, it would be so great. But I didn't spend the time, I didn't go out to them and really talk to them about this idea. You know, what were the consequences? When I did talk to some of the folks, it was always the big brands. I didn't bother to go and actually talk to surf skating and snow people. So eventually I'm sitting in front of uh, a bunch of people in this industry, uh, world industries at the time, with one of the leaders. And they asked me a question, where did I get the data? How did I get the data? And where were the skateboarders? And when I told them, well, I had 2,000 kids and I drilled down, I got a couple hundred skateboarders. They all got up walked out except one person and they said to me when you have a thousand skateboarders come on back because we don't care about the broader market so that decision of not thinking it through had a huge consequence i was now two years behind my plan and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt because i was paying for this out of my pocket and i made a huge mistake where I was doing telephone surveys, trying to reach this audience. And at the end of the day, when I flipped to focus on the action sports and I went to an online study, I was able to drive my cost really far down. But that's not the, the, the mistake part. The mistake part was not thinking it through. I was excited. I was anxious. I was trying to jump right in it and thinking that I had an opportunity to corner what was going on. And eventually I did, but it took a long time to get there, lots of money and lots of time. So when you're making these decisions, when it comes to a business standpoint, you, you, you we sit around a lot of times in the boardroom and we talk to ourselves, right? We make decisions sitting around talking to the rest of the strategic team. 
sometimes without any knowledge of what the customers or the market really thinks. What are the, what's the competition doing? If you don't pay attention to your competition, then they potentially are paying attention to you and the decisions you might make are not grounded in any kind of facts. And so I encourage you when it comes to that, because a lot of times we get on autopilot, right? We just think I've done this before. Therefore, whatever I did before is going to work this time. It has to work, right? Because it worked before. But not every decision is the same. Not every situation is the same. So again, when you make those decisions, you have to determine what happens up front. Now, I was working with a household cleaner a few years back, and they wanted to bring out some new products, line extensions, if you will a golf club cleaner, barbecue cleaner, handgun cleaner, and hand cleaner. Now you heard me, I said handgun cleaner. That was a water-based product. And so if we had not gone out and, and talked to consumers and got some information about the decision we were about to make, we would have had four, four new products and one of them would have failed miserably. But we are fortunate enough to know that we could kill that product before it ever got to market. And so again, we were trying to mitigate making bad decisions. I worked in the wine industry for a while and we had a client that was kind of a, their positioning was coastal, a coastal brand. Now you've known, you've seen coastal brands in the wine stores, but in this situation, the entire company was going coastal. So we immediately thought, well, this is great. We'll just, we live in California. We'll just go down shoot some pictures of the ocean and boom, coastal. But at the last minute, we decided maybe we need to do a little more research. Maybe we need to understand, is our thinking resonating? So again, what Vizio didn't do versus what we did is we went around the country and we asked questions. We talked to consumers in areas where there were bodies of water. Why? Because what does coastal mean to someone on the West Coast, on the East Coast, on the Great Lakes, sitting on a you know, another body of water or a river, whatever happens to be in the South. And what we found is the way we thought of coastal, other people didn't think that way. So again, we potentially were about ready to make a pretty significant mistake, but we took a step back, we slowed it down and did some due diligence. Now, first step to avoiding a bad decision as I'm talking about here is some research, right? Take the time think it through, don't be in a hurry. It, it just takes time to have a better understanding. Now, we've all made these split decisions, whether it's in your personal life, I've certainly made some bad ones. You know, when it comes to my personal life and buying cars or, or you know, deciding to, to buy a piece of furniture or frankly, go down and buy another guitar that I didn't need, bad decision that I'm selling now for, you know, 25% of the original price and I've only owned it for a year. Bad decisions, just not thinking clearly. I get emotional. You ever got a car? Do you ever go to a car dealership and, and you like you see the car you want and you get really emotional and you're making these bad decisions, right? My favorite line is, how much do you want to spend? No, no, no. Let's not start there, right? So again, do some thinking. Now, recently I worked with a SaaS product and it was created for an internal uh, company use. Now, they thought they had a great idea and a viable product and they wanted to bring it to market. Now, they could have easily just said, hey, this works in our company. Let's just take it to market, put some price on it, and let's see what happens. But instead, they felt that they wanted to understand, was it a viable product? 
And so we got engaged. And one of the things we did is we did a lot of competitive analysis. We did market analysis. And we found there were over 400 products that were very similar to what they were working with. But we were able to identify a niche that they could play in that really wasn't being dominated by anybody else. So going through the due diligence of the research and, and taking their time and doing some beta tests, and eventually they were bringing this product to market. Now, all in all, I think that the, it was probably 10 months of work, but the money that they could have blown just going out and marketing it and the decision that they made without thinking about the repercussions of not thinking this through um, could have been could have been much different. So when you find yourself in a tough situation and you've made a bad decision, what are we going to do? You know, first, we need to act quickly. We need to not let it fester. We're as human beings, we tend to want to hang on to stuff right far longer than we need. It's like, you know, when you want to end your relationship with your boyfriend and your girlfriend and you're just dragging it on and dragging it on and, you know, it's it's a bad decision uh, not to do it. But you keep going because, you know, maybe you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or somebody in your company has made a bad decision and, you know, they're embarrassed or they don't know how to deal with it. Or frankly, you're the leader of the company and you've made a decision that it may be pivoted or take the company in the wrong direction. So I think we need to act quickly. We as humans, again, need to jump on this and make a decision to bring it to everybody's mind. Keep it in mind, a bad decision decisions in many situations are not fatal, right? A bad decision is not necessarily fatal. Now, bad decision to jump off a cliff or something like that. Yes, that could be very fatal. But traditionally, what we're talking about here today is not a bad decision. Now, some of course are, are, are the decisions that companies made have been fatal. Just think of Kodak. Just think of Kodak, film company that made a decision not to pursue digital cameras. Boy, that was a mistake, right? Now, what if you hired the wrong person? Do you drag it out? Do you keep trying to change who they are, right? Jim Collins, getting the right people on the bus, but also in the right seats on the bus. But sometimes you just have to cut your losses and move on, right? So by not taking action, the unintended consequences to the company could be dramatic. So you have to make those decisions about, is it a good decision to hang on, good decision to try to modify, or a good decision, frankly, to move on? Now, what if you're that employee? What if you took the job and you've now decided that this was not a good idea? I remember one time I'd been pursuing this uh, advertising agency to get a job there. And it's about, boy, about seven, eight months. And I finally get hired. And the first day they put me in an in a, in a office with all glass. And throughout the course of the day, people kept walking up and down the hallways and looking at me and I felt like, you know, a monkey in a, in, a, in a glass cage. And all I could think about to myself was what the, the hell did I just get myself into? I mean, there was a point in time where I thought this is a huge mistake. But I, I hung in there and, and frankly was there for the next five years. Now, of course, depending on the mistake that you made, right, the boo-boo, the big boo-boo, um, can it impact your reputation? Now, a lot of times I'm going to guess that we people don't think about their reputation. Why? Because they're not a big company. They're not a big name. But we all have reputations to protect. Right. And, and our reputations, our personal reputations and the management of those is really important. And whether you're just starting out in business 
or you've been there for, you know, working for a while, or frankly, you're a seasoned professional, your reputation is always on the line, right? You have to protect it. You have to nurture it because ultimately it's our reputation that all we have. So as a, as a fractional marketer, I mean, I, I know, I believe I know my stuff, but it's my reputation that continues to get me referrals and to get new opportunities, right? And, and the people that, that I work with know that I can do certain things. And again, that's the reputation that I'm trying to protect. Now, the action sports industry situation was very interesting because I went into that market thinking that I had a reputation in the action sports industry, but I'd really been working with a mass retailer that was catering to teens. And the day I walked into that action sports industry, I, I had no reputation. As a matter of fact, my very first presentation was to about 500 people in the industry. It was one of the, the major trade shows, the action sports retailer. And I remember this very vividly, standing up in front of all these people, they're all lined up. They're looking at me very negatively. Their arms are crossed. Their legs are out. And it just looks like a very hostile crowd. And ultimately, this, the things I heard backwards, we don't know you. We don't know who you are. You're not from this industry. How can we listen to you? But over the next 13 years in that business, I managed to establish myself as a of having a strong reputation in the stuff that we were doing. In fact, one of the things I'm very proud of is I'm in a book called Explanation as one of the game changers in the action sports industry. So I'm very proud of that. And again, but it was took years to nurture that relationship and that reputation because I was coming out of it where where these guys had been maybe skating their whole life. So they were professional skateboarders and making money and had multiple businesses. And here I was you know, frankly, coming out of a, a world that wasn't quite who they were. Why? Because they weren't even freaking selling to the major retailer that I was working to. They were selling to specialty stores. As a matter of fact, their specialty retail were almost taboo. They didn't want to go there. Why? Because they didn't want every kid who felt like they wanted to wear a, you know, a skate shirt or buy a pair of skate shoes that wasn't a skater, right? So they're very protective of that endemic world. So you've made a bad decision. You really screwed up. So what are some simple steps you can take to recover from that bad decision? First, take a minute to feel bad if you want, but don't wallow in self-pity. Nothing's going to change. You can sit there and, you know, woe is me, woe is me, but nothing is going to change by doing that. So you have to accept what's happened. You have to think about the next steps to make that change, right? And so accept what happened and move forward. So what was it? What was the mistake? What actions or inactions, if you will, led to that bad decision? What were the consequences that we've been talking about here for the last 20 minutes? What you have done instead, right? It's back to what I said. We make mistakes and we learn from those mistakes. That's how we grow. And how can a similar mistake be prevented in the future? And what safeguards can you implement? Well, those are important. Those are, you know, five pieces of, of tips, if you will, or advice that I really find important because when we make those decisions and those bad decisions, we need to figure out a way to make a change. So, you know, admit it, take responsibility and fix it if you can, or certainly put in place ideas or processes that can help mitigate those similar mistakes going into the future. Again, whether you're an employee, whether you're a department head, whether you're the leader of the company, or frankly, you know, in your own personal life, we have to admit and take responsibility and look to how we're going to make a change. 
And of course, depending on who you are, it really makes a big difference, right? Again, we learn from this experience. So whatever you do, don't spin it, right? It'll come across like you're trying to avoid responsibility. Don't look. I I, <laughs> I think about you know that you know being somewhere and when I was a kid in church, you know, and little Johnny over there, you know, lets one loose so to speak, and then starts looking around and pointing at other people trying to pass the buck. <laughs> you know, we don't want to be you know pointing at who smelt it, who dealt it, right? So we have to really be careful of not trying to blame someone else, take responsibility because you you blame someone else that can impact your reputation going forward, right? Someone who doesn't take responsibility, someone who doesn't work and always blames other people. And of course, be prepared for pushback or any kind of feedback. Again, think of it as a learning experience. Try not to take things personally. I know it's hard. It's hard not to take criticism, criticism personally. But if we look at it as ways to improve and not just a personal attack. So again, listen, don't react. This is where active listening comes into play. We tend not to listen, but we react to what we're hearing. Have you ever been in a conversation and you're telling a story and instead of someone asking you a question or acknowledging, tell me more, instead they respond with something that happened to them. It's almost like, were they not listening to anything I said? And again, so active listening in these situations, whether you're hearing from somebody who made a mistake or you're responding and they're giving you feedback, paying attention, again, no spin, but trying to understand in that active listening. Now, if you listen to the show, you know I had a podcast a few weeks ago on active listening. I also just published a blog on my website and on LinkedIn on active listening. I encourage you to listen to that or read the blog. I think you'll find it very beneficial. So have you made a bad decision in the past? Yes, you have. Will you make one in the future? I say you will. But hopefully I've given you a few tips and things to think about to hopefully maybe mitigate that mistake or certainly a way to deal with it. So take a breath. Think about the consequences of your decision. Do some research, formal or informal. Gather those insights before you make a rash decision. Right? And make sure you have done your homework. And if you end up making a bad decision, accept it, confront it, and put a process in place to mitigate it in the future. As they say, shit happens. Your next step is to make sure it doesn't happen to you. I want to thank you again for joining me here at the Business Growth Cafe. I hopefully you found this interesting and, and insightful, and, and hopefully you walked away with a couple nuggets. I appreciate your time. And if you're an active listener of the show, I really appreciate your subscription. And I, But I also encourage you to tell others about the show so they can benefit from this great content that we had here today and also from all the other shows. And as I say at the end of all my shows, join me here next week at the Business Growth Cafe. A chief marketing officer has both the power and the responsibility to drive long-term strategic growth that can ultimately lead to organizational prosperity. And that growth starts with a vision. What is your firm's definition of success? Growth? How will you strategically work towards expansion, for example? Equally important, what is your customer's perception of your firm? And how well do you meet a need or deliver value? 
When you begin to align your vision with that of your customer, you build a stronger, lasting relationship with them. You see the whole picture, realizing the lifetime value of that customer, as well as the lifetime value you provide. A CMO must look at success with a strategic mindset, looking beyond the transactional. The CMO must understand the customer journey, utilizing the competitive intelligence, embracing and leveraging your unique market insights. If your business is ready for growth and you need a CMO, but you're not quite ready for a full-time person yet, I'd welcome the opportunity to explore the benefits of using a fractional CMO. Visit theponzagroup.com to learn more. Thank you for listening to today's discussion at the Business Growth Cafe with your host, Angelo Ponzi. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and visit our website at www.businessgrowthcafe.com. Read Angelo Ponzi's blogs at www.theponzigroup.com.